This is Maggie Chung, and this is the First Deal Show. Welcome to the First Deal Show with your host, Caroline with a K. On this show, we're talking about investors' first investment property. Join me for a trip down memory lane as we hear the good, bad, and ugly of that first deal. This is your host here, Caroline with a K, with a localish guest. Um, Maggie Chung is a co-founder and managing partner at Sage Investing Group, which is a woman-owned business of former auditors actively investing with a portfolio of 4,400 units across nine different regions. Maggie is also a wife and mother to two lovely kiddos. So welcome, Maggie. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah. And so Maggie and I met um, in Panama City Beach, but she's actually not from there. Neither am I. Um, but we're before we get into all that nitty gritty, let's warm her up here for two. Let's get to know her a little bit better. And the first question, Maggie, is always, what was the first album that you purchased? Okay, this is going to date me. <laughs> um, but this is during that time, I it was a transition from cassette tapes to CDs and I never bought any albums because I like most people probably recorded from the radio um so but because um the transition from cassette tape to CD I thought was a very pivotal moment so Uh I bought probably the last cassette tape of Backstreet Boys oh wow and I still have it wow oh my gosh that's impressive i'm sure sure there's some value to it yes that's a collectible and they've had some reunions i think but i never listened to it so i just kept listening to on on the radio so that that was my first album that i bought wow cool oh that is so cool um all right. And so what was the biggest challenge that held you back from investing in real estate? I, I think that has to be uh, myself, um, my mindset, really. It's hard to kind of like, uh, I think, I, I, I like, like you mentioned, I, uh, I have an audit background. I must have a CPA and some very risk averse person. So I like to know what I'm getting into. Um, especially when it comes to investment. So it's very hard to kind of get myself um, over the hump because at that time I was also a W2 person. Uh, so I got to figure out when do we have, I have time to balance and research an investment that I have uh, the time to dedicate to in order to generate income. That was a really, really hard for me to get overcome. Uh, so a simple fact, I think. So it's just simply, it's just for risk averse people it's very hard to get over the hump and invest in something when you don't have the time to dedicate it. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. And I will say, I don't mean to pick on you, but yes, two days ago or yesterday, uh, Maggie and Wagner called me and they're like, oh, so asking me questions about the podcast. And I'm like, why are you <laughs> calling me ahead of time? And I'm like, oh, it's the risk averseness. I see it now. Like, oh, this is a risk for some. I didn't realize, you know, for me, it's like super casual and we like to keep it light and fun. Um, but you guys are the first ones to like ever call me and like 
ask me questions no about the show. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, what are we getting ourselves into here? No, you know, you want to make sure that, you know, we're prepared, we did our homework. Yeah, no, you guys definitely, yeah, I was super prepared. Um, that's awesome. Okay. So I guess based on what you said, the biggest challenge was like, how do I invest in something when I don't know if I have the time? Or, you know, where do I find the time to do this, right? Yes. While also working your full-time job at yes. the time. Yes. Um, great. And and I think that's something that a lot of the listeners struggle with is, do I really want to do this full-time, you know, syndication or being in real estate full-time? Or do I like my job enough that I'd rather just stay at my job and invest passively. So something to consider 402. You don't necessarily have to quit your job if you like it. Um, and then, so what is something new that you learned or did during the pandemic that others might not know about you? Huh. Um, during the pandemic, um, well, I, I quit my job like before the pandemic. So, and with the thought of, trying to figure out this real estate side. So I gave myself a year to kind of sort this out. So, um, and with that one year, I kind of tried out a lot of things, like became a real estate agent and did actually door knocking, cold calling uh, to try out. Uh, I also tried Shadow of Flipper um, to see how she, uh, it's actually she. So kind of follow her along and her journey and how to actually flip a house. So that was, uh, and then I also invested on my own money in, in private lending. Uh, so I tried out different things for a whole entire year to kind of figure out what, wow. what, what works for me and what is still utilizing my skill set uh, in order to find something that I would love and enjoy uh, and also make a profitable business as well. So that's kind of in a nutshell, but no, not many people know that world because you know, they only see the result. They don't see the grind. Oh, wow. So you, so this was during the pandemic that you decided to do this? Not during the pandemic, but before the pandemic, I, I quit my job. But like to start uh, this multifamily business, I, I actually thought once I realized it took me a whole year to fi- figure out um, before the pandemic to figure out what I want to do. And, oh. and I, in that one year, uh, towards the uh, end of it, I know I, I want to go into multifamily investment. And once, when I decided to do that, um, officially it was January, 2020, right before the pandemic start. Wow. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's, uh, uh, you, you know, you, you either, you know, some, some of the businesses, um, uh, in that time wasn't doing well. Okay. So you got to have to have a mindset. It's like, why the heck did I start this? <laughs> <laughs> Should I really do be doing this? Uh, so. Uh, but I stuck with it and that's kind of like, I feel like most businesses, if you can survive the toughest years, you can survive um, any, any hardship. So we just stuck wow. with it. Wow. Oh, wow. So that's crazy. You took a whole, you're like, I quit my job. I'm going to do this real estate thing. And then right when you're like, okay, I know what I'm going to do. The pandemic happened. Yes. yes. Yeah. And then, yeah. And, and I'm, of course, and the thing is like, and, and you're in business, so you, you're going to cycle the, these hardships yes. and these challenges. And that's why you're an entrepreneur. So if you you have to enjoy 
that aspect of it gonna go up and down <laughs> it's mm-hmm. a roller coaster ride so but I I enjoy it I love it um and um I love my what I also also have a great appreciation um uh, on my corporate background and being an auditor because that gave me the skill set and uh, some structure uh, as I look into the entrepreneurship and um, and be able to kind of look at it from the lens of uh, things that I learned from the corporate world. So. Yeah, no, that's great. I think your background really probably helped you to make sure that all your books and everything are in order, right? Because you're <laughs> the one looking for the flaws in other people's businesses. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's awesome. So. Finally, what is your favorite quote? Um, favorite quote will be "Never, never, never give up" by Winston Churchill. Uh, that stuck with me from college and is still working for me right now. So, especially in the business world. Yeah, I mean, it's th- the fact that you figured out what you wanted to do and then you didn't pivot and say, "I'm going to go back to my job and continued with it." Demonstrates that you know, you didn't give up. You're like, I'm still going to go through this. That's great. So I said that you're local-ish. So tell Mm -hmm. us, Maggie, where are you based? I am in New Jersey, uh, but I grew up in Delaware. um, But I moved up here um, after, you know, getting married and settling down. Um, And so I'm in northern New Jersey, Bernie County. And where um, are you actively investing? I am actively investing in the Sun Belt. So specifically like Alabama, Georgia. Um, we also partner with other people. So around in the Sun Belt state, that's what kind of we tend to invest because it's a nice, um, easy for, for me to get to, uh, to see the property. And it's a, usually it's a land of friendly state. So it's good for real estate investment. So generally that's, of course, you know, everything around New York and New Jersey are just much more expensive here. Um, it's harder for investors to make the profits. Oh, yeah. There are 100. It's all appreciation up here, new development. And it's like, yes, you're not negative, see- negative cash flow. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't understand how they make money. <laughs> um, yeah, great. So tell us, what was your first, you know, after the pandemic hit, right? And then you started doing your work. Like, what was your first deal? So um, the first deal that we took down, uh, it was not until it was not. So I started, I started multifamily business uh, officially January. That's when I decided January 2020. We did not take out down our first official deal, meaning we found a deal, sourced a deal and put the pieces, the team together in order to take down. So a lot more rules. So that's what we consider a first my first deal uh that wasn't until uh june of 2021 so maybe like a year and a half later um and that's was a heck of a lot of underwriting a lot of persistence and chasing brokers and um just keep on following up with different people of property managers to put the team together and uh, so so it was not an easy time. It was not a yeah. fun time, but the process, yeah. the progress was fun. So that was the thing that drives me to do it. Because um, I it, just can't, and, I can't say no. <laughs> and I think a lot of people underestimate that part of this journey is falling in love with the process. 
Yes. Right. So until you have gone through it and have felt that that's when you can kind of see some success. So, wow, a year and a half, which sounds mm-hmm. crazy, but in multifamily, in the commercial space, like that's actually a lot more typical than people think mm-hmm. Um, to get your first deal within the first two months is like super, super rare. Yeah. Um. So tell us a little bit about, you know, how, cause I love this story. I've heard this um, when we met in real life. So, and I think it'll, it's very valuable for the listeners And part of the reason why I mentioned that Maggie's in a woman owned, you know, she runs a woman owned business is because her co-founding partners are all women as well. Correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So tell Um, us that, that story. Yeah. um, So it's, uh, so I I mentioned I wasn't a real uh, residential agent, but there's a lot more uh, co-ed like female or male, like, uh, but in the commercial space, there's definitely it's still a very male dominant industry um and 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 i'm right now it's changing and i love it i see a lot more women in the space and uh, that is great uh and but uh, i think part of the hurdle for me was to figure out how to tap into that space there's still like old boys club going on so how are you gonna speak that lingo how you gonna? i'm not a golfer so i can't go to golf uh, so I had to figure out how to get into the, uh, get in front of the brokers to make sure that getting their attention so I can get the deal flow and um, actually take down a deal. That is part of the process. So um, I, I mean, you, you probably don't see me, but I'm, I'm like a little Asian girl, <laughs> Asian woman, short five, five foot. So I have to, um, and most of these brokers are like six feet and above. So, so there's a little like height challenge there too. So, but um, I think um, I was I was very determined that um, determined that it it might they might say no, um, but it's not not because of any of this um, because of my you know because I just because I'm a woman. But I think they're saying no at that time because there is something in my performance that is that they're saying no to. So if I think it that way. I know that there is a way in. I just had to figure it out how to get the attention and how to show up that they 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 believe that I can close a deal. So all my uh, time and dedication um, in that one year and a half is trying to perfect that my performance so they can believe that I can close a deal. So that's a shorter term to say that, but it's a lot of, um, calling, following up, and underwriting, and giving feedback, and actually showing up and touring the property with the prop, uh, with the brokers, and it's an ongoing process. And continue to do that so they know that I'm serious. I'm spending the time. I'm spending money, and I'm spending uh, energy in order to you know, get this deal done. And and that's that's why the process was also like a year and a half to get there for for me. So as part of it, it's it's mental. Because uh, I need to go overcome that. No, no, you're you're not saying no because I am a woman. I, you're saying no because of, there's something, um, there's something in my performance that I need to improve on. So, yeah, and <laughs> and I think that like people always assume right that oh it's because of how we look or how we are, but I think that the fact that you are able to find something more 
concrete, like something measurable. And you're like, okay, I can improve on the way that I can communicate. I can improve by giving them feedback and talking to these people, like learning their language in ways that you might be at a disadvantage kind of helped you later on down the road. Right. Yes. Um, and speaking of disadvantage, you know, um, we go to a lot of, um, we go to a lot of conferences where there's, you know, you try to attract these brokers uh, to talk to you. Uh, so because um, one of the strategies that we do is that we constantly you know, send emails and, 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 and set up appointments with them like months ahead of time before these, these conferences and try to establish a relationship. But once we show up, um, I say we, because I know I also ask both of my partners to go with me and they're also female Asian lady that's around the same height as me. Uh, so you can imagine like if you show up in the room um most of the time we we could not find the brokers because they are all the same height how much six feet high and they all in blue suits so they all mesh together um but because we show up and three asian lady five feet you they almost find us all the time first so it's almost like like a conversation started and they and that's how we kind of uh, actually found a second deal was through that conference and showing up and standing out. Uh, so instead of doing, looking at it as a disadvantage, I guess it's almost like multiplying my disadvantage and become an advantage yourself. Yeah, right. Because then it's like your branding. So people know you through what it is that you represent. And it's funny because the way that I met, I found Maggie actually online through her social media platform because I thought, oh, there are these three ladies federation and they're doing, you know, they're syndicating. I'm like, Oh, that's interesting. Like that's not something that I've um, seen before. So even I found you guys just by the sheer uh, your group, because you guys were different is how I came across you too. So then tell us, you know, it took you a year and a half and like, there were some challenges to get there, but kind of walk us through what did that first deal look like? How many units was it? What was the purchase price and the nitty gritty? Yeah, uh, it is 126 unit and it's located in Dothan, Alabama. Um, we bought it for $67,000 a door. Uh, so it's about 8.442 million purchase price. So, and we're putting a million dollar capex in there. But, and it's uh, on, by September this year, it'll be a year. And we've been able to push out the performer Venno numbers. Uh, well, I just back and forth a bit. Um, we were just targeting a hundred dollar rent bump for after renovation, but we are able to achieve more than two hundred dollars rent bump. Wow. So, yes. So um knock on wood, you know, continuing success, uh, but we're we're very happy with the progress so far. So part of it is you know buying it right. The other half of it is managing it right in the back end. So we put a lot of focus on um, underwriting, buying right, and also managing the right. So, um, you guys found this property and then like, how are, what's your exit strategy? Are you planning to sell it? Or are you guys going to hold it? Yeah. So the, the original plan was to refi in, uh, by year three. Um, and we're only in year one of the year three, but we're we're probably targeting to refi earlier, uh, probably by 
in in a couple of months, we're looking into potentially refining it earlier. So two years ahead of time, original schedule. So and then hold it um, pretty much. It's it's doing it's doing great in cash flow. So we're probably going to keep it. Um, so I'd rather do that. Yeah, that's great. That's really awesome. So the so you guys underwrote very conservatively. Was it because the market improved so much and rents, you know, where you guys were able to get more or like what happened there? How did you? Oh, no, we, um, I mean, the market is good, but also I think we just tend to be, because we're have an audit background, we tend to be conservative <laughs> no matter what. <laughs> Mm. good market down market you're you're it's still in, in, a, in a in a bad market we're even worse <laughs> or even more conservative um but we we tend to flip every single stone and try to figure out and there's three of us right so there's like three auditors looking at the same stuff there's <laughs> um um you should see some of the conversation we talk to ourselves because it's almost like um it's it's an it's entertaining to me because it's right. it's a healthy debate and conversation and getting through um, some of the make sure that every, all, most uh, major risks are mitigated right so mm. so um, sorry that missed your question <laughs> yeah no that so you guys like because you have the audit background you underwrote it very conservatively mm. and then the market just you know was doing yeah, really how, yeah yeah. Yeah, the market helped, and then the, um, we we I mean we we know there's a good we because we underwrote it we know there's a lot of cushion in our numbers, um mm-hmm. so in case you know certain things happen we always there's something else that can be you know move like fall back on there's other levers that we can play, so um and then the market is just added bonus that's how we look at it it's you know and we kind of continue to kind of um the the first set of ones. When you renovation, when you take on a renovation project, you you don't know how what is the market feedback. You can kind of project it out, but you don't know until you actually um, complete the, the first set of renovation and then see how the market likes it. So, and that's how you kind of stagger up. Because uh, at, at the beginning, we did not automatically hit that two hundred dollar ramp up. We just started okay, a hundred dollars. Okay, there's still a lot of people wanting um, the product, and so we kind of pushing it, pushing it, and because their demand drives supply. So that's how we kind of work work it in. Um, but we're just, um, yeah, the market is, it's an added bonus and we don't, um, we don't, we don't tend to underwrite with the thought that, okay, the market is going to carry us. Yeah. Yeah. And that's great. So yeah. talk to us a little bit about the financials as far as how do uh, larger deals, right? You said it was like around 8.4 million like how does something like that get funded to kind of give the 402 mm-hmm. some background because um yeah it's just different the commercial world versus residential real estate yeah uh, it's it's not um uh it's it's not totally uh very different it's just more there's certain things that uh just so in the commercial space uh, most of the time, you're still borrowing money from the, you, you are borrowing money from the bank. So uh, it's 75% leverage. So you you think about 25% is equity. So you got to figure out how to bring in that equity to close the deal. Um, so and that 25% equity just comes from like general partners and also limited partners in the deal in order to get there. So essentially that's, and then there's also lo- like, 
getting the loan, there's some specific difference between commercial loans and also you know, residential loans. But uh, overall, that's kind of to simplify things. That's how it is. And so 402 general partners are people like Maggie, who is an active syndicator. They find the deal, they do the due diligence, they walk through the property, underwrite it. And then the limited partners are people who come in with just capital. So you're bringing in your own money and you're investing it with someone like Maggie or other syndicators that we've had on the show. And they kind of manage and do the whole deal where you're just receiving um, a return on your investment. Uh, great. So with all that being said, Maggie, what would you say, like you kind of gave us what you learned, you know, from this experience and you have the experience of like going through all the different options in real estate. So tell us like if you could start all over again, right? This is you right when you're at that point of wanting to quit your job. What is something that uh, you would tell yourself or that you would do differently if you had that opportunity? Um, I, well, if I were to tell myself, I wish I started earlier. <laughs> oh, the second thing is like, um, I, I think at that time I was, it's almost starting a new career. So you kind of have to give yourself grace, um, to kind of relearn yourself. Um, because that when, once you graduate college, you kind of get you, you take your first job but you don't know that, that is your career so your first year is kind of learning learning the uh, what you're doing and figuring things out the second year is kind of like okay i kind of get it and let me see how i can you know, improve it the third year is kind of like more okay what can i do how can i take this on to the, the next level so that's i think um looking back i think i would just you know like to, to other people who are thinking of starting this journey, um, give yourself grace, give yourself, I would say a year, like uh, if you can afford to, because um, you don't want that um, stress of, you know, you're, you're, you're not, you're, you're going to fail. You're going, you're going to have to fail forward and you're going to have to figure things out. Like I me trying out a residential, residential real estate, that wasn't for me. That wasn't using my skill set. I was trying to like, no, maybe flipping. Like that's not that's not it either. So that's a lot of learning curve and figuring out what is what works for you, what is your passion, and learning yourself in a new role. Uh, so give yourself grace. That. Yeah, that's a great piece of advice. Um, because I think we all can get really down and hard on ourselves when things don't go as planned, and you're like, I was supposed to be here doing this. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so what would you say or where can the 402 find out more about you if they're interested in learning about you and Sage and, you know, if they want to chat with you more? Yeah. So we have a website uh, it's called sageinvestinggroup.com. And uh, my email is maggie at sageinvestinggroup.com. Awesome. Yeah. And um, so with all that being said, that's all folks. Thank you so much, Maggie, for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. 402. Did you learn something or take away a golden nugget? Then I'd love it if you would share this episode with a friend. 
And I'd really also like to talk to you about real estate on Instagram or LinkedIn. So follow me at First Deal Show. If you know someone that has an amazing first deal story, or you just want to give us the dirt on your first deal, shoot me an email at firstdealshow at gmail.com and let's get you on the show. 402, thank you so much for listening. I love all of you and I will see you next Friday. Bye.